Originating from a secret underground bunker buried deep in the heart of Chicago's north side, two fans dare to defy the laws of man to bring you a podcast about the south side hitmen, the good guys who wear black. There's a sense of pride. Um, there's a sense of, of purpose. Of- Azagia, by far. He was my favorite player. All time, it's Paul Canerco. I love the hot dogs. I love the grilled onions. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. 13 painful, painful years. <laughs> because good guys wear black. Good guys talk back. Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 40. I am Nick Morowski, and we are recording on Sunday, October 6, 2019. This is a fan-centric, blue-collar Chicago White Sox podcast. Uh, If this is your first time with us, welcome. And if you've been with us since the beginning, uh, welcome back. We really appreciate that. Uh, You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe, and every new episode will show up in your inbox, even during the off-season. Folks, the uh, dust has settled on this 2019 season for the Chicago White Sox. Going to talk about uh, what happened, what could have happened, and of course some of those uh, preseason predictions of mine and and some of the experts uh, throughout the country, uh, one particular from this city and how they fared uh, with their MLB uh, forecasts. Um, so state of the Sox here. Sox finished 72 and 89, uh, third place in the AL Central, 28 and a half games back in that AL Central, 23 and a half uh, games back of the wild card. Uh, Sox were 38 and 37 in the AL Central this year, one game over 500, which is Pretty remarkable. Uh, Sacks were 30 and 46 last year in the AL Central. 30 and 46, 16 games under. So huge, huge swing there. Um, you know, the Sacks increased uh, win total by 10 games uh, overall. Uh, they only won, of course, 62 games in 2018. Uh, but if you really look in, in, in that division, and, and we've talked for a while, and I'm sure you folks have talked, you know, um, with fans at the game, uh, friends of your Sox fans, baseball fans in general, you have to win in your division. Uh, and, and if it's in football, you got to win in your, in your conference, in your division. You, you've got to win against the teams that you see uh, most of the time throughout the summer. And uh, this Sox team, you know, they have not done very well in the AL Central. And uh, it was so good to see. Uh, above 500 record at 38 and 37. Um, you know, this week, um, thinking about with the playoffs going on uh, throughout Major League Baseball, and uh, of course, very exciting to watch, uh, especially a Cubsless uh, playoffs. Um, get a little nostalgic uh, about the 2005 team and, the, and actually the 2008. Chicago White Sox team. Um, on Friday, this past Friday, October 4th, it marked the uh, the 
14th year to the date, 14 year anniversary of game one of the ALDS. Uh, White Sox, Red Sox, our Sox pounded the Red Sox 14 to 2. I was lucky enough to be at that game. It was and continues to be the most electric, exciting sporting event I've been to live. And, I, and I've been to some exciting games here in this city. Bears, Blackhawks, um, what have you. And boy, that game one of the ALDS in 2005, uh, that place was rocking. And uh, leaving that game with a 14-2 to uh, victory and, and swept the Red Sox and um, went ahead and, and took care of business against the Angels, lost one game in that series, and of course swept Houston. Uh, the tone was set in that game one, and uh, just remembering that this past week. And uh, 2008, you know, the last time the Sox had seen the playoffs was against one of the teams that are playing right now, uh, the Rays. Um, it's been a while, and it was on the heels of that, uh, that blackout game. So thinking about the Sox and their, and their previous playoff uh, journeys uh, as we watch the playoffs right now and, and thinking about what could be as the Sox enter this offseason uh, with that 2020 target as a competitive year. And, and folks like Han and Renteria have gone on record recently as saying um, this is going to be a competitive year. Uh, so exciting to be watching the playoffs going on. You're thinking about previous uh, Sox appearances and, and longing for... Uh, Longing for, for the White Sox to be back in it. I'm right there with you. And uh, some of the things that have happened uh, this past season, especially on an individual level, will get you excited uh, about a, a possibility of, of the Sox being in postseason 2020. And, and you don't have to look too much further than Tim Anderson. Uh, offensively, unbelievable. I mean, he jumped almost 100 uh, points in his batting average. He wins the batting title with a 335. Uh, average, um, you know, we talk about his defense. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna harp too much on that right now. Uh, but what he did offensively, uh, and really what he predicted he was gonna do in the uh, in spring training uh, by putting this team on his shoulders, and it was so it was so exciting to watch uh, battling through some of the injuries and um, coming away with this batting title. Title uh, is a huge deal for the Sox and for, uh, you know, fans of the White Sox. And not too far uh, down on that, on that average list is Yon Mankata. Uh, and he, he finishes with a 315 average. So you've got Tim Anderson and Yon Mankata uh, finishing in the top 10 in, major, in the major leagues uh, in average. And, and between the Sox and the Colorado Rockies, they're the only two teams that have players in the top 10 of batting average. You know, and, and I know batting average is, is starting to go away as a preferred stat. I get that. There are other ways to measure a, a hitter, but, you know, uh, there's still awards being given out for average, and it seems to be something that folks still pay attention to. I sure do. And to have two uh, members of the Sox in the top ten in average, uh, n nothing that we've seen since the 70s, that's pretty remarkable, pretty exciting. And Jose Abreu uh, finishes as the AL RBI leader with 123, only three behind Rendon, 
from the Nats uh, for the MLB best. Uh, so you've got a batting title champ, you've got an RBI champ, and uh, you've got, of course, Eloy Jimenez, leader in, uh, in home runs and RBIs for AL rookies. Uh, 31 home runs and 79 RBIs for Jimenez, who spent several uh, several times on the IL this year. Imagine what would have happened if he finished a full season, but still absolutely impressive uh, with the totals that he put in after looking like in April and May, like he couldn't hit a breaking ball to save his life. He, he made the adjustments. He battled through the injuries. You know, his defense is his defense. We really hope that comes along, but he's not on this team uh, for his defense. Uh, it is for his offense and uh, the fear that he's going to put into this lineup uh, with guys like Anderson, Moncada, and Abreu. So uh, you've got Anderson winning awards. You've got Abreu winning awards. You've got Jimenez uh, winning awards. Giolito was on his way, it looked like, maybe to a Cy Young a candidacy. Um, it didn't really go his way second half of 2019, uh, but Giolito finishes in the top five uh, in ERA, which is a huge deal because he finished dead last in ERA in 2018. Uh, so, so great to see Giolito bounce back, Abreu bounce back from an injury plague 2018. Anderson uh, bounced back from the uh, offensive output he had last year, and of course, Mancada bouncing back from uh, what he had was a very troubling uh, 2018 season, uh, not only with his strikeouts, but with his average, and, you know, he couldn't hit a breaking ball to save his life, and, you know, he just took way too many pitches to see him uh, aggressive. The swing looks outstanding. Uh, he is a feared hitter, and individually, when you, when you, you, know, when you focus on those players offensively, uh, this team has really has something to build on and to use as a, as a chip when it comes to talking to free agents. Um, in the preseason, um, I, was, uh, I was pretty bullish. I, I was able to go through the, um, my Good Guys Talk Back uh, show notes, and I found uh, preseason predictions. And I had the Sox finishing 77-85, and 85, and, and at the All-Star break, they sure looked like they were on their way. Uh, so I was five off as, I, as obviously the Sox finished 72 and 89. Uh, now here is where I uh, felt pretty good about my predictions. Uh, for home run leader, I predicted Abreu, uh, which was right on the money. Uh, for average leader, um, I predicted Anderson, which was right there. And uh, for our RBI leader for the White Sox, I predicted Abreu. Once again, bingo, bingo, bingo. Abreu finishes uh, with 33 home runs. I predicted 35, so I, I, was, in the, I was in the ballpark. Abreu finishes with 123 RBIs. I predicted 110, so he really surprised me, and I think he surprised a lot of folks by bouncing up to 123. Um, I predicted a, a 280 an, a average for Anderson, what was, what was going to be the team high. Uh, he, which, and if predicting 280... I had him jumping up 40 points, and he went ahead and almost jumped 100 points by hitting 335. Um, just unbelievable. So I felt pretty good about uh, those individual predictions. Uh, predicted a 270 average for Mancada. He shot up to 315, which was amazing. 
Um, did Mankata would Mankata lower his strikeouts? He did by a lot. Uh, that was another prediction I had going for me. And uh, less than twenty errors for Tim Anderson. Uh, put the uh, put the mark at twenty errors. Uh, he did not have less than twenty. I predicted he would. Uh, he went all the way up to I think twenty five or twenty six, which was a few away from his all time at twenty eight. He's got to figure that out. Um, but again, we are riding his uh, his offensive output right now, riding high and having a. Uh, Having an art, uh, a batting average title champ on the south side is pretty awesome. Um, you know, I was able to go back and, um, you know, I saved some, uh, some articles uh, that I had found back in March and April of some of the predictions made by columnists and experts throughout the country and uh, folks right here in Chicago from the Sun-Times and the Trib. And, uh, boy, it was really interesting to see... Uh, what some of the folks thought uh, was going to be the kind of the uh, the output by some of these teams, and uh, one uh, individual specifically from the trip, Paul Sullivan. You know, I he's a goofy guy. I I, I don't I, I try not to believe too much what he says, especially when it comes to the Sox. I just don't know if he's dialed dialed in, and he's a nut man, but. Wow, some of the predictions that he had, it's almost like, does this, he, does this guy even cover baseball? Uh, he had Paul Sullivan for the, for the trip, had the Sox finishing fourth in the AL Central, and had Detroit finishing second in the Central. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, Paul Sullivan had the Rockies winning the NL West, which obviously didn't happen. The, the Dodgers uh, rode that division. Um, Paul Sullivan had the Phillies winning the NL East. Phillies didn't even make the playoffs. Now, he did get uh, the St. Louis Cardinals winning the NL Central correct, so you got to give uh, Sullivan credit there. However, when it came to postseason, uh, Sullivan was uh, equally horrible. Uh, Paul Sullivan had Boston winning the AL pennant. Uh, Boston didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, he had the Phillies uh, not only winning the NL East, but also the NL Pennants, who had a Boston-Philadelphia World Series. None of those teams made the playoffs, and then he had Boston winning the World Series. Ouch. Uh, Paul Sullivan. Difficult predictions there, sir. It's, it's not easy. I'll tell you that. It's not easy making those predictions, but I thought those, uh, I, had to, I had to bring those up because I came across those. I'm so glad I saved those clippings because um, those were absolutely awful. Um, so let's talk about, uh, you know, some some actual events that have happened uh, this past week since our last uh, episode. The Sox went on the offense and fired uh, our hitting instructor, our hitting coach, Todd Steverson, and the assistant hitting coach, Sparks. Um, Steverson's been with us since 2014, so he wasn't a Renteria guy. Uh, he's spent six full seasons with the Sox, and you know, we kind of saw this coming here. Um, we had a we had an episode back in July. It was actually episode number thirty one. I, I found the notes um, in mid July and, and started harping uh, on this podcast about where the Sox were offensively, and they just were dragging. and And sure, you had Anderson doing what he was doing individually, but as a team collectively, the Sox were just in the cellar. In a lot of different categories, and, and we were calling for, for Steverson's head. It's a really difficult position. 
Um, and, uh, you know, you wonder about this firing, if it was more about trying to get a Ricky guy into uh, the system, or, you know, is, is Han and company looking at, well, here's some younger guys we have on the team that came through Charlotte as a group, and, and here are a couple other guys in, in Robert and Madrigal that are going to be coming up in 2020, and we kind of want to get them all lined up and set in the right spot. And, and maybe Ricky had a bunch of input. I, I hope he did and said, you know, I don't really like the direction we went. Uh, let's look, uh, let's look elsewhere. Uh, and, you know, if you think about on the, you know, we just talked about at the beginning of this episode, um, what happened with Anderson career offensively, Mankata, unbelievable, uh, Abreu, you know, and there, and there's some others like Lori Garcia for sure. And you, you got to say to yourself, if, if Steverson's looking at some of those numbers, he's like, I think my job's safe. We've got an AL, we've got a batting champ. We've got an RBI champ. Look, Mankata was in the, you know, the top 10 in all of Major League Baseball. The jump he made, not only to decrease strikeouts, but you know, increase his, his offense. If you look at some of those individual efforts, Steverson's got to be saying, I'm safe. And you know, I'll be honest. When I first heard he was, he was axed, I didn't think you know, he'd been the first one to go. As I talked about in episode 39 uh, last week, I thought third base coach Capra was going to be gone, maybe bringing Omar Vizquel into the fold. But you know, when I started digging into some of these offensive numbers, boy, a, a change needed to be made. Now, okay, we've got the batting title uh, champ in Anderson. And, and the Sox did finish eighth in all of baseball with a 261 average. Um, which is the best showing under Steverson. Uh, the Sox have finished 16th, 22nd, 13th, 15th, 22nd again. So Steverson, again, is probably saying, hey, look, this team hit 261 collectively. You know, we finished 8th in the league. That's my best showing. We got the champ, the AL batting champ. I'm, I'm probably safe here. Uh, but then when you really dig, when you dig deeper, it's it's... It's alarming. Um, Sox finished 24th in OPS with a 728. Sox finished dead last in drawing walks. Dead last in all of baseball. 25th in the league, bottom five in RBIs. 25th bottom of the league in home runs. And they finished top six worst in, in striking out. Uh, so... When you look at those numbers, and why is walks so important, okay? We're 30th right now this past season. Seven out of the top 10 teams, all right, that did, did the best at drawing walks, seven out of the 10 made it to the playoffs, which, you know, you get on base, you're going to win games. And these numbers, they show you that Sox aren't getting on base. Simple as that. So you got, you got players in Mankata. And you got players in Anderson that are skewing the numbers. You know, those two averages, a 335 and a 315, you know, are gonna bring that average up. But if you take those two averages out, this team, this team was rough offensively. So I can see, you know, I can see why the changes were made. And uh, looks like they, you know, maybe are gonna go with a guy like Mancino who's came up from Charlotte towards the end of the season and and was with uh, the White Sox staff through September, I believe. Uh, he was a hitting coach in uh, the Charlotte Knights program, and 
He's familiar with some of the guys that are on the current staff uh, of the Sox, and he's very familiar with the guys that are going to be coming up in Robert and Madrigal. So looking at that potential as a name, maybe they go outside the organization, but Sox have been, uh, you know, been, they've been hiring within uh, as of late, and I'm wondering if that's a tradition that's going to continue. You know, it's clearly, it's just more than individual accomplishments. If individual accomplishments were all that were needed, Steverson and Sparks would still have their job. But, you know, Sox are 24th in runs. I mean, they just need to get on base. Um, the, 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 drawing the walks is alarming, 30th. So, so Sox are bottom five this past year, finishing 2019. Bottom five in runs, OPS, walks, RBIs, and home runs. I mean, now, if you're following, you know, the playoffs, which I'm sure you are, and you got a team like Minnesota that's just getting spanked by the Yankees, and you're saying, well, what's the big deal finishing in home runs? You know, it doesn't really mean much. Well, it, it does. You know, I mean, you got to have a complete team, of course. Minnesota just doesn't have the pitching to go far, and we all kind of knew that. Um, but, you know... You got to get on base. You, you got to do more than just have a couple individual uh, high mark efforts. And to be bottom five in runs, OPS, walks, RBIs, and home runs, that's a lot. That's a lot. And especially since Renteria didn't bring this guy in, um, this wasn't a Renteria hire, it, it, it makes sense uh, that a change is being made. So tune in to see uh, how that develops. Um, what was I excited about in 2019? Um, I'm sure you guys can echo this. You've been following the podcast, following this team, which I'm sure you have been very closely. The obvious excitements are Mankata, Anderson, Aloy, and, uh, and Gio. You know, what Mankata did by moving from second base to third base, playing very well defensively, um, and then it translating, I, in my personal opinion, translating offensively, he just felt the confidence from what he was doing on the field and then into the batter's box. From the left side, from the right side, he was, you know, being a little bit more, uh, he was being more aggressive, you know, and, and I think that helped. You know, he might not have drawn as many walks as he did last year, but, you know, he kind of, I think, had a blueprint from last season of how pitchers were going to pitch him. And, and that's going to change, you know. Folks are going to go back from other teams and they're going to look at the video on Mankata and, and he's going to have to be smarter again in 2020 because uh, it's not going to be the same way that they go about things. But, if you know, he's increased his value as a hitter, they're not going to be able to fool him. They're, they're, he's going to be able to make, uh, you know, on-the-fly adjustments. And uh, that was just so refreshing to see. His swing is so smooth. Um, very exciting. And Anderson, of course, you know, we talked about it uh, throughout this episode and, and throughout this, uh, this season, uh, his offensive accomplishments. Um, and then Aloy, you know, to come in uh, from the beginning of the season and, and you, you saw what he looked like in April and May. And, you know, hey, if they threw him a cookie fastball, he was going to crush it. Uh, and he had those home runs early in the year, but he really struggled with off-speed stuff, and it looked like he was almost guessing. And to watch him uh, mature and evolve throughout the season, and to do what he did as a, as a rookie uh, in terms of RBIs, home runs, playing on a limited basis with those injuries, uh, you just hope that he takes that confidence, um, that blueprint into the off-season, he continues to work on that, and and figure out how to stay healthy out in the field. Um, 
Excited to see Cease get his innings. You know, he, aside from that last start where he got scratched, it sounded like it was a hamstring situation. Thankfully, not a shoulder, elbow, arm. Um, you know, he, he, man, he took it on the chin some starts, a lot of starts. You know, but I, I think he's going to have a plan going into the offseason. He's got a great guy like Giolito to talk to. Both have been through Tommy John. You know, Giolito had a horrendous 2018 you know, as a young pitcher, he was able to bounce back from what he did in the offseason. He put the work in in the offseason, and I could see Cease trying to mirror what Giolito did, and I could really see a, a bounce back for Cease. Excited that he got innings in at the big league level. Um, excited to see Brayu bounce back from, from a rough 2018. And, uh, and, and for Brayu to also see what's, what's coming here with this team in 2020, it's almost like, you know, you can't stop what's coming. And he sees it. He realizes it. He wants to be with his team. We need him as a leader. And uh, love, to see the numbers that, love to see the numbers he put up in 2019. Um, McCann, I can't say enough about this guy. Uh, this was a, a signing that raised an eyebrow maybe this past winter. But I didn't think much. Uh, you know, and that's just because I, my expectations uh, have been have been hit too many times by this White Sox front office. And cr credit to Han, you know, he, he took a chance on this guy and and believed in this guy. And McCann, you know, he put up numbers not only offensively but defensively. And I think he did a hell of a job with this young pitching staff. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in year two um, with the Sox. Especially with a guy like Kopech and maybe, maybe uh, a big fish we grab in the offseason, uh, pitching-wise. Uh, what, what I'm worried about, and, and I'm probably going to echo some of your, your worries if you're listening, uh, worry about Lopez. Um, you know, he had an up-and-down season, and it felt like he was figuring things out. He made some changes after the All-Star break. And in the last few starts ending 2019, it almost looked like he wasn't there mentally. Uh, concerned about him. You know, I, I put him as maybe a fifth if you bring back Nova, uh, which, again, I think the Sox are going to entertain. Uh, worried about Lopez. Really worried about pitching in general. Uh, Sox finished 22nd in ERA. Um, gave up a ton of home runs. 10th most in all of the league. Gave up a lot of walks, seventh highest. Hitters were hitting 263 against the Sox. That's the sixth worst in the league and uh, ninth worst in runs given up in earned runs. So, you know, questioning Don Cooper, um, that's almost a whole nother episode. Maybe that's episode 41 of what's going to happen with, with Don at. He seems like a Reinsdorf guy. Uh, he's been with the Sox since 2002. Um, but, you know, he's got, a, he's got a rough go at it. And I feel like Lopez is a big-time project to his and, and guys like Kopech and Cease, but really worried about these numbers, pitching-wise, uh, specifically Lopez. A little worried about how Robert and Madrigal are going to be phased in. Um, you know, I... My hope is that Robert gets a deal similar to Jimenez where he gets extended right away and he could start the season 
with the Sox, uh, get acclimated as quickly as possible, especially if 2020 is going to be a contending year, which I think it will be. Um, and then ultimately, I'm worried in terms of the front office that if this money is going to be spent, you know, I, I'm sure the Sox are going to be at the table. I'm sure they're going to say that, hey, we were involved in negotiations with this person or that person. And I'm already, I can already hear Han and, and what he's going to say in his State of the Union uh, at Sox Fest. You know, oh, you know we, were, we were in this conversation, but I can't divulge anymore. You know, it's just the way things go. And, you know, but I, I, they got to start spending some money. I mean, that's an understatement. I'm ultimately worried that money's not going to be spent uh, on, on what we need. Um, and those needs, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, in future podcasts this offseason. But that, that's definitely a big worry of mine. You know, you got some arms that are going to be available. You've got some bats that could be available. Some of these guys that are playing it out here in the playoffs uh, are going to be available. Now, of course, if they're not interested in coming to the Chicago White Sox for a variety of different reasons, geographically, family, what have you. Uh, but I, I hope it's not because we try to lowball, you know, and we try to get somebody on the cheap like, like we did last off season. You know, I, I, I hope Jerry, and, and it's, it's really up to Jerry, and there's a lot that's come out the last week. You know, if you've been following on social media and, you know, what Jerry has said 10 years ago about, you know, how to treat your fan base and how to spend and, you know, no, no shock. I mean, is it anybody shocked? I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf is, is Bill Words 2.0, or maybe he was the same as Bill Words. Maybe he's not even 2.0. He's just, you know, you know, a different version. But I am not, I'm not surprised uh, if those if those comments that Reinsdorf made are true. You, you hope they're not true. I mean, he seems to be spending money internationally. Of course, he threw a ton of money to a guy like uh, Robber. Uh, Ultimately, my worry comes down to will the money that we have be spent to get this team to where they need to be in 2020 and beyond. Um, so we'll focus on that in future episodes this offseason. Uh, again, next episode and future episodes, seeing what's going to happen with this MLB playoffs and what the Sox and the front office might be looking towards to get this team into those playoffs in 2020. Uh, again, you can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe, and every new episode will come right into your inbox. This is Good Guys Talk Back. It's a fan-centric, blue-collar Chicago White Sox podcast. I am Nick Morawski, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, go Sox!